Thanks for checking out this episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis. Each episode, we'll discuss a movie we like, share some fun trivia along the way during the conversation. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash screenfacts. Post your comments or questions. You can also email screenfacts at yahoo.com or tweet at Jason Davis Voice. This podcast is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Please visit jasondavisvoice.com for information about voiceover services for commercials, internet and corporate videos, e-learning, phone messages, and more. Well, today we are going to go back to the early 1980s for uh, a very funny movie. And joining me for this episode of the podcast, my good pal, The Blazer, is back. Dun, 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 dun. Brian Berkowitz. Hello, sir. Hey, Jason. Good to be here today. It's been a while. It's been a long while. I'm excited to sit here, talk movies with you, and see what transpires. You know, we're a little bit late on this because, you know, getting the schedules to jive. But, of course, recently we lost the great Burt Reynolds. And we thought it would be fun to remember uh, one of his movies. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, we probably should have talked about Smokey and the Bandit. Listen, there'll never, ever be a bad time to talk about Smokey and the Bandit. That's true. We can always do it later on. Right. But, you know, this is this movie is near and dear to me for a lot of reasons, which we'll talk about in the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't make a lot of bad movies in this genre. So I think that this one kind of, uh, I don't know, it kind of, I don't want to say it's like an umbrella, but, you know, Smokey and the Bandit, Hooper, it they're all kind of the same character. Pretty much. And um, I thought this with the, uh, the cast of characters on it and the cars and stuff, I, th- I thought it was a great movie to talk about. And it's really, uh, like I said, a little near and dear to me. And I'm glad that we're going to be talking about it today. So if you haven't figured it out by now, of course, we are going to be discussing Cannonball Run. Wait, can I correct you for a second? I didn't notice this. The Cannonball Run. Thank you. I Just as I was waiting to record, I picked up the uh, DVD ad <laughs> and I saw it say The Cannonball Run on it. And then I looked down and said, son of a bitch, I've been calling it Cannonball run it's like you're eddie trunk talk about the band the scorpions but it's they're it's scorpions it's just scorpions that's a good point I, and you know and this is the cannonball the run. cannonball run i stand corrected see this is the banter that i've missed that we haven't done a screen facts. i know that's true we you haven't know? you and i haven't done an episode of this in more than a year just a couple of guys sitting around correcting each other for bad movie titles <laughs> that's right exactly that's gonna be your new tagline screen facts <laughs> sure so the cannonball run Release. No, 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 no. We, we can just call it Cannonball Run now. I just wanted to make oh, sure okay. that we, we so, correct But it's actually the Cannonball Run. It is, but you know, let's just say either one of them will be fine. Is that okay with you? Sure. Cannonball Run, released June 19th, 1981. And I uh, did the math. I was 12 when this came out. Right. So um, I don't remember if I saw this in the theater or probably just a million times when it was on cable. So I can tell you an interesting thing about seeing in this in the theater. Mm-hmm. My brother, Andrew, is about, give or take, eight, nine, ten years older than me. It's really like eight and change, but let's say nine years older than me. Okay. When we went to see this, he had a 280ZXR, which was a limited edition 280ZX. It was unbelievable. It had a huge whale tail spoiler on it, and it was very eye-catching. Everywhere you went, people would go look at it. So him and I went to see this in the movies, and when we came out of the movies, it was like the center of attention driving off in that because that car <laughs> could have easily, easily have been in this movie. So that's a big deal. And the other reason this movie is so near and dear to me, as my dear and old friend Adam Bronner and I spent our entire lives <laughs> recreating this movie and talking about it. And Adam said to me on the phone before that he doesn't know if you and I combined have seen this movie as many times as he did. So it's very exciting to be uh, talking about this. And I'm also going to say that that counts as a shout out, does it not? Of course. All right. So we, shout out to Adam. We love Adam. Adam's a good dude. Yep. I agree. And Adam also had a Dodge Daytona Pacifica, which I'm sure right around the time we started hanging out with you guys, that was 
should have had like five people in it. We could fit like 20 people in it. And the, <laughs> the speed that he did on the, in that car, I'm sure influenced by Burt Reynolds movies. I think this is probably one, if not the first movie I remember quoting on a regular basis. Totally quotable. You know, there were probably other movies too, especially because we grew up in the 80s when all the great John Hughes movies came out and stuff. But, you know, I remember, I can't see shit. Can you? Dude, that's mine and Adam's favorite line of the whole that's movie. the greatest. No problem, son. No problem, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, fantastic. Well, let's talk about the people that were behind the movie. So, of course, uh, the movie stars Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, and those two together equals funny, no matter Period. how you slice it. No matter what, I agree. The beautiful Farrah Fawcett. Not much of a, a role for her, but funny. And she was very sweet and lovable in this right. movie also. Right. It almost was against type. And she loved trees. That's right. <laughs> the music playing. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Roger Moore, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Jackie Chan making uh, one of his first U.S. film appearances. You know, this was one of those kind of movies where, you know, it's a cast of a million, right? Do you know who you're not saying on there? Maxwell Q. Klinger, Jamie Farr. Oh, yeah, Jamie Farr, of course. Oh, he was the best. And he came back for the uh, lame sequel. Can we also talk about how politically incorrect this movie is? Oh, my God. That was one of the things, you know, th- it never fails when you watch a movie from the 80s when you haven't seen it in a while now. You're like, holy shit. What do you think was that? What do you, listen, it was good humor, and I'm yeah. not easily offended, but I could recognize a, mo- a line you couldn't say nowadays. And right. uh, what do you think was one of the worst lines in the whole movie on that? I should have made a note, but he refers to Sammy Davis Jr. as the chocolate monk that, at one I, point. I, I, and I, I couldn't, and I couldn't believe like you would never hear that in the movie no, now. No, not now. God, no. And, uh, but... <laughs> but you, you could tell that they were having fun making this movie. Obviously, there's no malice behind that. You Chemistry know, between Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, was unbelievable. I mean, that's a rat pack, dude. It's a, it's a life, a lifetime of being comfortable around each other. Absolutely. Um, Where's he going to sit? Yeah, if Jesus is our co-pilot. Where's he going <laughs> to sit? Where's he going to sit? What does he say? We, we should have next time we're Episcopalian. Yeah, right? yeah, because they can't get laid as priests. Oh, uh, that's funny. But no, that and again, you could probably do a whole thing on them. Remember, he said just small S M all. Oh, that's so many great lines. How about uh? Do you take do you take the law serious in this town? Remember they point to the side. It's like Fred Kilikami Nelson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or something. Yeah. They made up the name, but it's Kilikami. Something like yeah, Kilikami is was, is in quotes in the middle. Yeah, which makes Definitely. sense on an early '80s movie from probably a 1970s script on it. Exactly, especially with the Cold War and all that. Was this movie not supposed to start? Was this a Steve McQueen movie? Yeah, originally um, there were a lot of people that were considered for certain roles, but uh, originally the movie was planned as an action film with Steve McQueen in the lead. And then he died, and they decided to cast Burt Reynolds and and turn it into a comedy. As a result of that, Burt became the highest paid actor in cinema history up to that point. He made $5 million for four weeks' work. Now, Burt has gone on record saying that he really didn't care too much for this film. It was a cash grab. Yeah. He said that it it kind of would have been immoral to turn down that kind of money. (laughs) Which I think few people would argue with that. He said he did it for all the wrong reasons and it would help out his friend Hal Needham who directed it. But he came back for the sequel. So I guess like... Again, money talks, man. I guess. You know? And it's a beloved movie by him. Yeah. I mean, and let's talk about this for a second. There is no better chemistry and I forgot about the chemistry between him and Dom DeLuise. Oh, I mean, Captain Chaos, are you kidding me? <laughs> dun, dun, dun! I mean, are you kidding me? 
You know, yeah. I don't know. It was it was just it was great. And they've done great movies together also. Um The End. Did you ever yep. see that one? Yep. Um and I just I don't know. I really enjoyed watching them. It, it almost made me happy. Like the you could tell they loved each other and they were having fun. Yeah. And it was just it was outstanding. Now, did they become friends from being in movies together or were they friends and started doing movies together? I'm not really sure, but I've heard a lot of good things about Burt Reynolds. Working with him was a joy for a lot of people. Right when he died, Kevin Bacon, who's worked with everybody, hence the game, right? <laughs> I love that game. The Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. I actually saw Kevin Bacon in Rockland County standing in front of a hotel when he was filming one of his TV shows. Oh, really? Am I connected with him now? I guess. I mean, is it, you know... You're one degree? I'm just saying it. <laughs> Why you know, not? I mean, if I would have literally had my wife do a video of me <laughs> driving by him, yeah, Kevin Bacon with Brian Berkowitz in the drive-by. I mean, that's... I, uh, I don't know. I would think you'd have to work with him in order to be part of the game, but all I don't right, know. fair enough. I'm just going to tell myself otherwise. Is that all right? Sure. But anyway, he was saying that he worked on a picture with Burt Reynolds... But he ended up getting um, edited out. He didn't make it to the film. And he said that Burt Reynolds was so good to him on the set and kind of took him under his wing and really treated him as an equal. And, you know, at that time, Burt Reynolds was a really big movie star. And speaking of which, there is a movie that is currently streaming on Prime Video on Amazon. If you have that, it's called The Last Movie Star. It stars Burt Reynolds. Right. And it's it seems like it's loosely based on his real life. All right. Basically, he's playing himself. Amazing. All right, I'd like. It's to his see last. It. I think it's his last role. Burt Reynolds is in that um, elite class. When I watch it, same way when I listen to Van Halen, makes me feel like like I'm 16 years old. Mm -hmm. Watching Burt Reynolds kind of makes me feel like a kid. So getting back to the movie, not exactly award winning acting. None of these roles. There wasn't a lot of substance to them. It was almost like just come in for a quick laugh, show a funny scene, and move on. Well, that's just it. There wasn't really a lot of substance to the movie in general. I mean, you know, the movie is essentially a one and a half hour car chase. With a couple of really funny lines along the way with a, a galaxy of stars, well, essentially, can, is what the movie is. You know? Can I really say what made me a little sad about watching this movie? Yes. What this movie really is about a mentally ill guy and a player kidnapping Farrah Fawcett. I mean, think <laughs> about you, this. If you really break it down, I, I, I was, guess. I'm, I'm watching it to begin with, and I'm like, they just freaking kidnapped her. <laughs> I mean, like... It, you know, it, it, but she they, says that in the movie yes, too. Yes, but then they drugged her. Remember, he gave her laughing gas. Remember, oh, we got to get the senator's wife to California, and she's sitting there laughing from laughing gas. I mean, it. You know, and then she got Stockholm syndrome, and she starts liking them. It's very unbelievable the story. If yeah. you if you really like analyze like what the uh, the movie's about and stuff. You just got to go in there and just take it for what it is. Listen, like I always say about Superman, if you don't believe a man can fly, you can't watch it. Exactly. Star Wars, if they would have blown up the uh, the escape pod, that would have been the, e the end of everything when they're going off of C-3PO and R2-D2. Yeah. So you certainly have to suspend belief. And, and I almost feel bad when you start looking at these things, but you know, you think about it and I'm like, oh my God, they kidnapped her. <laughs> you and I saw this movie when it originally came out when we were kids. So it's ingrained in our memory as that movie. So we can watch it now and kind of still see it through those eyes. If I watch this movie for the first time right now, would I enjoy it as much? I don't know. I enjoyed the movie and it was funny and I laughed a lot and again mm -hmm. the chemistry is great. But sometimes you could you could sum it up to you know, two guys kidnap a girl with a crazy doctor, they drive very fast, they get pulled over, and then there's an awesome fight scene and then they lose the race. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So Spoiler alert, by the and, way. And by the way, that's uh, kind of a bone of contention for a lot of people, too, because the, the race, you punch out in New York and right. you punch in in California. So depending on when you punch out, it wasn't based on who punched the clock in California right. it, first. It, it was actually interesting, right? If you think about it, it was the, it was the shortest amount of time. So right. right, five minutes later, somebody else could have checked in and did it in less time than one. So argu right. arguably, they didn't. the girls didn't necessarily 
win or lose. But can we talk about Adrian Barbo yes. for a second? <laughs> sure. Did you know I, I caught this on my own and then read up about it. When they get pulled over the first time, if you watch the scene There's a continuity error. Right. So her her, her jumpsuit is zipped. Uh-huh. Then when the car jumps by, it's unzipped. Right. And then when it goes back again, it's zipped. Yeah. And she unzips it. Yeah. And um There's a bunch of stuff like that in this movie. And also do you, you know who the uh, female police officer is that pulls them over, right? Oh, remind me. Miss Tessmacher! Oh, yeah, that's Valerie, right. Valerie, Valerie Prine. Prine. That's right. Looking very young and unknown, but I, yes. I never realized that until I watched it again. Well, this day. is uh, after Superman. 81, yeah. yeah. It was, but Superman she was, 78. So. But um, she was, I was surprised on it, and she was funny. I didn't realize also that she pulled it, when she pulled them over, her shirt was open. What are you doing to law enforcement in this yeah. country, right? I mean, yeah. it's, why don't we well, have cops? Bit, exactly. We have cops like that. Exactly. We all want to be pulled over. And by it was, a cop it was like also that. pretty cool that time when the, the police started using sports cars and they had like the yeah. Camaro. And that movie was a big thing for a lot of people because that was the first time I ever saw a Lamborghini Countach. Right. And um, it's a lifelong love of those cars. And my sure. my son, who's nine years old, is really into cars. He keeps telling me he's gonna, his YouTube channel is going to hit big and he's going to get a Bugatti, which I don't even know what that is. I remember though, like to me, the, the Bugatti for him, I had an awesome poster of a yellow Lamborghini in my room that I think my brother got me at a car show. To me, I still think about that. Oh, if I won the lottery, had all this money, I might get a, a Lamborghini Countach. I mean, I don't even know if I can fit in it anymore, but yeah. it's a- uh, I know and, I couldn't. And, and, and you know, I make enough noise getting out of my, my SUV with my back hurting and my knees, but you know- <laughs> It's still pretty cool. And also, I don't know how good I'd look at a jumpsuit. Yeah, I don't know if you could pull that look off, dude. So the film, as I mentioned, directed by Hal Needham, who at one time was a stuntman. He directed Smokey and the Bandit as well. Right. You said he was a friend of Burt Reynolds, right? Yeah. I think I read that also, that they were tight and he did it as a favor for him. Yeah. Filmed in 36 days, uh, estimated budget of $18 million. Domestic gross, $72.1 million, So there's no surprise that there was a sequel. $72.1 million for a goofy comedy in 1981 is actually pretty darn good. The sixth highest grossing film of 1981. And you got to imagine these movies continued earning money, although we discussed, I couldn't find this on demand anywhere. Yeah, you know, I I wonder if that has something to do with who owns the rights to it now, because it's at HBO Films. Who knows? Like, maybe, you know, they don't put it out there. They're like shoving free versions of Cannibal Run 2 down your throat, but you can't find this one. The film written by Brock Yates of Car and Driver magazine, he and Hal Needham actually entered the real Cannonball Run race, or, uh, or a race that was similar to this. I don't know if it was actually called the Cannonball Run. And they actually drove a souped-up ambulance as their vehicle in the uh, in the race. They had a doctor on board. Yates' wife, Pamela, was a patient. Uh, they blew the transmission in Palm Springs, California, arrived in Long Beach on the back of a flatbed truck. But they ended up uh, donating the ambulance to a church charity, and they made a, a bunch of money when they auctioned it off. Terry Bradshaw was in this, right? Yeah, Terry Bradshaw and Mel Tillis uh, were paired up. They were the two kind of rednecky guys in the Hawaiian Tropic car. The producer thought those guys had such great chemistry that they he actually wanted to work with them again. They tried to sell a pilot to ABC with those characters. Unfortunately, uh, it didn't work out because the, the network head got fired and, and it just kind of went away. Did we talk about Jackie Chan? Jackie Chan, I mean, you know, obviously we didn't really know of Jackie Chan. And it was really a long time after this movie that he became a big star in America. Right, but he was a huge star in China, right? And, yeah. And, and one of the issues they had, they wanted him to be Japanese in this. And, the, and he and, was, and, yeah. And he was not happy about it. No. I, I did notice that while he's driving, while they were driving, they put Beyond the Green Door in yeah. the porno movie. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. I, I didn't, you know, this watching, I didn't see it, but I always remembered them driving and them saying in Japanese and they subtitled it, look, they cop caught him on radar. I said, look, a Kojak with a Kodak. Yes. I didn't see it for some reason. I must have missed it when I watched it this time. I also tend to fall asleep during movies, so... Yeah. Well, listen, especially something that is familiar as this, this is really a great movie to put on when you're just looking for some really 
mindless entertainment that you could just kind of kick back, relax, maybe giggle a little bit and and kind of be nostalgic. I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm trying to think. I enjoyed Captain Chaos. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I was spent a lot of the movie waiting for him to pop up again. That scene with, with when the fight starts, where they're messing with Burt Convoy on the bike. Yeah. And uh, they're waiting to make a decision. All of a sudden, he just runs into the thick of it. Dun, dun, dun. Nobody gets pulled over and says, I'm Captain Chaos, and this is my companion, Kato. Kato. Say hello, Say hello Kato. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> After watching this, I, I, I need to see some more Burton Dom. I want to watch the end again. You know, Dom DeLuise has been gone a long time, but mm-hmm. Reynolds is gone. Farrah Fawcett's gone. I know. I'd hate to sit through the checklist of that movie, seeing how many people aren't alive. Roger like- Moore. He couldn't refer to himself as James Bond for, right, right. you know, because of uh, the rights to that character. So, you know, that's why he says I'm Roger Moore. But he had to basically promise Albert R. Broccoli, who's the, the guy that produces all the James Bond movies, I'm not going to make James Bond look bad. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. And, you know, there's a couple of things in the movie that are interesting because... As James Bond, in the movies that he did as James Bond, he never drove the Aston Martin, which is like the famous James Bond car. Right, right, right. He drives it in this. I like when the license plate spins around. Yeah. We all want that every once in a while, Oh, don't totally. We? And, I, and the oil <laughs> slick. You know, that, I, that was pretty cool to have him in the movie. Yeah. He didn't take himself too serious. No, it's, I, it's great, actually. I like when the, the girl, woman takes a picture of her with the little boy and he thinks they're taking his picture. Yeah. And he's like, oh, the paparazzi. And yes. <laughs> and did you notice every time they show him in the movies with a different woman? That was awesome, too. He's James a nice Bond, Jewish boy. Of course. It was Seymour, right? Seymour, yeah. And the, the bloopers, they picked the wrong name. Stanley, right? They called him Stanley in the bloopers? I think so, yeah. Should we talk about how... It was this movie that started the bloopers or was I, it Smoking I, the Bandit that did it? If it wasn't this movie that did it first, it was definitely a Burt Reynolds movie oh, that did yeah, it first. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I, I, my guess is that Dom DeLuise outtakes were just too funny not to put in the... Oh, God, yeah. They could probably do a that whole, whole thing on That it. whole string of bloopers at the end of this movie is some of the best stuff in the movie. Yeah, I it, mean, was, it was great. He, um, these bleeds? You're going like to shove the these bleeds? bleeds up my nose? <laughs> Because they bleeds right here. Because they both went with the shtick, and we're going on there. The funny thing about that in the movie, if you watch the take that's actually in the movie of that, you know, I'm going to shove those rosary beads up your nose. It actually looks like they they break up on that take. Well, you know, it's like watching the Carol Burnett show as a kid. The best yeah. part is when they started losing it on there. Oh, it's always I, great. I didn't need it to be that serious. You're right. Yeah. You know, Burt Reynolds' laugh is outstanding. Also, oh, yeah. that's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Whatever he does. That's, that's, pre- that's like pretty that. good. No, thanks. Yeah, they make a couple of references to, to uh, Smokey and the Bandit in the movie, too. At one point, J.J. says, could get a black Trans Am. Nah, that's been done. That was the scene where they landed the plane in the street. Wasn't there yeah. some issue with uh, closing off a highway or something with the street? I would imagine there was. Yeah, I remember, and they said, I think if you look, you could see barricades of holding people back. Yeah, yeah. But that's, see, that's good stuff, man. The idea of a plane, like, you can't get away with that stuff anymore. Yeah, about, that was amazing how they did that, though. I mean, it clearly, yeah. they landed on a street and they took off with not a lot of uh, street. How about the fact this is 1981, probably 1980 when they filmed it. Right. And there's a couple times when they're, uh, they're pulling the cars over and they're talking to the cops. And the cops don't care that they're drinking a beer while they're driving. Yeah. <laughs> while you were speeding. I don't care if you were speeding while you had 65 beers and there's a Budweiser in your hand. But And there's like like the whole back seat is covered with Budweiser. You have any snacks and he pulls out like one small bag of chips? Yeah. Plenty. You know, and again, could you have could could he do that nowadays? Because people would say, Oh, you make making fun of the guy with the yeah. stutter. But that was his whole routine in the shtick, right? But yeah. and he also was a great singer. Mel right, Kellis. he was a country singer. Yeah, and he didn't stutter didn't when he stutter. sang. And I think that's typical when it was stuttering, it doesn't tend to show up in singing. When he punches the card in the in the punch clock yep. when they're when they're getting ready to take off uh, to head to California. He even stutters when he does that. Did you notice that? Like he, yeah. he did that, that really fast. And I'm fast. sure it's all intentional. Oh, of course. I have to say this. This was a happy movie. You look at it again, made me feel like being a kid. Mm-hmm. You don't realize 
realize the parts of your humor. We talked about we saw Night Shift. That movie changed my entire sense of humor. This is the SM all, all the things in here. <laughs> you know, um, there's a lot of parts in this movie that really uh, affected my sense of humor and made me laugh on it. And isn't this the stuff that we like to talk about and the reason these things are? I mean, why are movies so important? Why is it important enough for us talking to it? Because they feel like home. They're ingrained with us. And to this day, if my wife asked me to get something from like the top shelf, oh, it's because you're small. SM all. Right, I still say it. And she, I don't think she realized it was from this movie. So when we're watching it, and that line came up in the movie. She's like, oh. oh you, he stole your line. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. A couple of other fun little facts. The front shots of the ambulance when they're driving down the road were some of the last things that they shot for the film. And they were actually filmed in a garage with crewmen kind of rocking the vehicle a little bit back and forth. And when there's rain hitting the windshield, that's just them spraying water on the windshield. Doctor was great, too. Oh, he's so funny. And how, you know, I was thinking about this must have been a nice, safe time. on and the walls of her lungs. Oh, yeah. He was great how he moved in on it, too. How about how he just walked around with this non-sterile needle that he stayed like? How many people were <laughs> HIV positive after that movie, right? <laughs> the movie didn't take itself serious. And that's why, what are we talking? You know, all these years later, we're still talking about this movie. Right. It's still funny. You know what? I would watch it again. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like I said, good mindless entertainment. You don't have to think at all when you're watching it. It's just fun. Well, I'll say this. Sometimes I love talking about the movies and sometimes it's difficult for me to find the time to watch them before that. For me, going to the movies now is difficult. I have three kids. You got to get a babysitter. You got to right. do all these other things. But you know what? Clearly, the movie theaters are still in business because there's still something people still romanticize about going to the movies and about you know the mystique of it and the magic of it. Yeah, it's corporate and sponsored and the popcorn's got a Coke ad on it and they're showing you 50 commercials on it. But my point is talking about this, this movie, et cetera, it really makes you think and makes you reminisce. And I think that's what the whole beauty of talking about movies is, is that really relates to time periods of our lives and things like that. So I think this was a great movie to talk about. It's sad that Burt Reynolds and so many of the people in this are no longer with us, but what's a better way to honor them than to say how great they were in this? Yeah. Just to continue what you were talking about, I think people still go to the movies because number one, it's a big screen and certain movies lend themselves to that a lot more than others. A lot of people like to have that day or night out. You know, you go out now with the uh, these theaters with the recliners and food service and all kinds of other stuff. It makes it a little bit more enticing. I think that's why you and I can talk about old movies like this and enjoy watching them again, because that hour and a half, two hours or whatever that we're watching it, we're transported back to when we were kids, when we didn't have all the worries and, and responsibilities and stuff. I think anytime I watch these older movies, I'm definitely still seeing them through those young eyes. My nine-year-old son who's into cars right now, could he watch this? Well, it all depends on whether you're okay with him hearing a little bit of bad language. Other than that, I don't see <laughs> a little bit of bad language. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just. This is this. this I'm is, being a responsible no, parent no, type course. right now. I, I I don't think there's anything overly graphically sexual in it or graphically violent or anything. It's mostly. Uh, if there is, it's nothing he's going to get. Probably correct. I mean, he sits and plays Fortnite 24 hours a day. There you Believe go. me, there's nothing more violent. So yeah, I think yes, he could totally watch. I think it. you should. Well, how old's your son now? Nine. Again? He'll be ten in May. He's the age you were. Good so point. yeah, I, I think you should let him see stuff yeah, like Yeah, I this. thought he'd like to see it also. I'll have to take that into consideration. Although, again, all he wants to do is play video games. So well, maybe uh, you can, you know, you can prime away from that. Bribe him or something. Or some That's Burt true. Reynolds fun. 
this was a great movie. It was very fitting to do. Yeah. You know, rest in peace, Burt Reynolds, and yeah. half the cast of this movie. Exactly. I enjoyed this. It was great talking about it, and most importantly, great to be back on Screen Facts, man. Thank it's you great for to, having it's me. It's great to have you. And great to see you, man. We're, we're, I'm looking forward to doing more of these with you again. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready, willing, and able. It's a, it's a, it's a good night out. Good hang with an old friend. And uh, what's better than watching a movie and talking about it? Absolutely, Blazer. Thanks for coming in. I really appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you. And let's see what's next. Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis Voiceover. Please visit Jason davisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial internet and corporate video e-learning phone message and more remember we want to know what you think too like the facebook page leave your comments or questions at facebook.com slash screen email screen at yahoo.com or tweet at jason davis voice thanks for listening to the screen facts with jason davis podcast